The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined by my guy, Rocky Magana. Rocky, Kramer's in the background, too. Can't forget about Kramer's hands down helping us keep this thing moving. Rocky, we had real Chiefs football on Sunday afternoon. Well, it was a real football game in the sense that players are actually trying to take hits and everything. So we got a lot to get to, and I think there's a lot of interesting things as the Chiefs fall to the New Orleans Saints, as they kick a field goal as time expires, they lose 26-24 preseason game number one. But I think there's a lot of interesting takeaways and things for us to discuss from the Chiefs' first preseason action. And I think we're starting to see well, – we got some information, some much-needed information uh, about the way this roster can kind of play out this upcoming season. Yeah, I mean, we got some much-needed information. We saw some good depth. We saw – some guys that you had some questions on or you kind of wanted to see, you know, what they had to offer. And they showed a little bit of something. So you got to see – you got to see players in Chiefs uniform – in a Chiefs uniform play football. So that's always a good day. Even if the game ended, like, drinking a cup of mud, just kind of, like, just, like, bland and and unsatisfying and you wish you hadn't done it. But, uh, I mean, all in all, it's Chiefs football. We're back, baby. We're back for another season. Hey, the boys yeah. are back in town. I'm I am excited for football to start. I want to make that clear, but when you win a Super Bowl, you host an NFL draft in Kansas City, and then you're opening the regular season, so training camp starts extra early. It feels like we didn't get much of a break this year. But I I guess that's what happens when the Chiefs are the best team in the world and they're the team that everyone else is trying to catch up to across the league. So Let's get into preseason game number one. And of course, there's going to be some overreaction to the chief performances, uh, especially with the starting offense and the starting defense. Um, There's just not that much to take away, in my opinion, from the starters. Like the starting offense only played one series. It was very vanilla. They, They did not score. They did not do much really it was a pretty quick series for Patrick Mahomes and then he does not come back into the game and the Chiefs defense kind of got torched by Derek Carr in the New Orleans Saints starting offense but uh, again I'm not going to take that much away from that and you know Chris Jones obviously isn't there so that's going to make a huge difference uh, if they get this thing figured out with him and I know Chris Jones has been 
trolling the living hell out of Kansas City Chiefs fans and the Kansas City Chiefs organization on social media. But the defense did not look very good today. And I think some of that was just it was a bland vanilla game plan from Spags to start things off. And he changed that up as the game moved on. But you could tell on those first couple of drives against the Saints where the defense was just kind of playing soft. Like they were playing deep and they they weren't playing man-to-man. They weren't really flying to the ball and trying to make big hits because it's the preseason and the goal was get them some reps, get them in in a live game where other guys are trying to hit them and then get them out of New Orleans healthy. And I think that should be the only takeaway you have from the Chiefs starting defense of this game. I mean, yeah, they came out vanilla, and admittedly, they did come out flat. I mean, they, they let Derek Carr come out and look like Tom Brady, and I don't care if he's in a different jersey now. It's never fun to watch Derek Carr torture defense. Um, it was today a win for the Chris Jones camp. I'll say yes to the extent that sure as heck looks like the Chiefs needed him. Whether or not they they came out the vanilla game plan and they – and they were their biggest concern was to get out of here healthy. It also came away with we have to we had to generate pressure by bringing Chamari Connor on blitzes or rushing Drew Tranquil from you know from the linebacker position, which you know Spags only does in situations where he needs to generate pressure. You know there wasn't anybody up front aside from one Danny Shelton rep where they were really winning their one on one matchups up front. You know and you know, on the defensive line. And so, so, so the one takeaway is what it, do we overreact? No. Is the Chiefs defense in trouble? No. But does, does Chris Jones walk in or his agent walk into negotiations tomorrow with Brett Veach and say, you need my guy? Yes. Yes. A hundred percent that he does. And he's a hundred percent right. We do need Chris Jones. Yeah, and we've talked about it all offseason. I, I did not think it was going to get to this late and this point with Chris Jones because you know the, the Chiefs and Brett Beach all offseason were, we know we got to get a deal done with Chris. Like, we know we're going to get an extension done with Chris. And it, it just seems like they are not on the same page right now when it comes to money. And, and I get that, and I understand that the Chiefs don't want to make him the highest paid defensive lineman in the NFL or the second highest paid defensive lineman. So they're trying to find that common ground, but we all know that Chris Jones is the biggest difference maker on that defense. And if he is not here come week one, for whatever reason, it is going to be a huge issue. And I think that's why we saw a little bit more of that experimentation with Spags Once we got later into the game and they got the backups in there and they got the younger guys in there that they want to get more looks at. Because Spags was blitzing the hell out of the New Orleans Saints second team. Like Spags was sending guys like crazy. And that might be something that they have to continue to do. And right now, until they get Chris Jones in the building, that's what they should be doing. They should be experimenting with things and seeing, you know, what they have in guys. And you mentioned Shamari Connor, and I think he's a really interesting player who I know when he got drafted, everybody kind of felt like, oh, maybe that was a, a reach for a, a guy who might just be like a special teams player. But so far in training camp, like everything that we've heard about Jamari Connor is like the Chiefs love how versatile he is and how they can utilize him. And and I know he's been compared a little bit to Legarius Sneed in the way that they deploy Sneed on blitzes and things like that. And Jamari Connor seems to bring some of that juice to the table. So it's nice to see him get that sack and make some impact plays for the Chiefs on Sunday. Well, you know, and the thing about Jamari Connor is like 
I, I wrote, I did a write up on him after the draft, and he's a guy who plays with an extreme chip on his shoulder, much like Legarius Sneed did when he came in the league. But he is a guy who is a smart, determined football player. Who you say they always say you want to draft guys who love football, right? You know, and we all know not every NFL player loves the game of football. But Shamari Connor seems like a guy who really loves football. He plays with the chip on his shoulder, and he's a smart player, and he's not afraid to like put himself on the line to try to make a play, right? So there is a lot of that luxurious need kind of like, like tough, determined, you know, play with your head down and just, and just, and just go after it sort of men- mentality that Shamari Connor has. And I mean, the more guys you can get, I mean, if you can have an entire team of luxurious needs, then you're pretty, then you're, then you're, you're doing pretty good, right? Like I think you win a, a Super Bowl with 11 luxurious needs on the field. And these are important reps for these young guys. And we'll stick on the defensive side of the ball before we dive into some of the offense. But, you know, Legereus needs dealing with this knee issue that has seemingly plagued him for the last couple of years. And all Andy Reid really says about it is he's got some inflammation in his knee. Like we're just we, we need the swelling to go down before he can get back on the field. And he has not been practicing. And it's been a while since Legereus Sneed was on the practice field. So. At some point, and there's still plenty of time before the Chiefs kick off the NFL season on Thursday, September 7th, which is my birthday, by the way. So I will be working on my birthday that week, but I'm happy to kick off the NFL season with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, but it, it, it's I, I think it's fair to wonder if we got to start worrying about LeJarius Sneed missing games at this point because it's been a while since he's been on the practice field and it doesn't seem like it's an issue that's going away for the Chiefs. So these young guys getting these reps is really important. So you love to see Chamari Connor make make that play in this instance. And, and in the defense, like we saw Trent McDuffie and Jalen Watson uh, appear to be your starters with no LeJarius Sneed right now with Joshua Williams in the mix which is exactly what we all assumed that it would be. And so you want to see that. And I know they've been changing things up and and trying things out in training camp, but that's the core group of guys in your secondary, along with Brian Cook and and Justin Reed. So it would have been nice to see the Chiefs defense have a better performance, but I I understand what they were doing. And it's preseason game number one. And we know how safe the Chiefs are going to play it with these dudes. So I'm not reading that much into their poor performance against Derek Carr. It was a lot of things were just open and Carr wasn't really having to do that much to make plays because the Chiefs were just playing kind of soft today. Well, yeah. Yeah. And aside from Carr's first, first drive, the Chiefs gave them like back to back short fields. Right, you know, like they get A.T. Perry's route that he ran for his touchdown was awesome, and everybody knows they've been listening to us. I love me some A.T. Perry, but it was a short field. Like, 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 like the Chiefs' defense didn't like, like the Chiefs' coaching staff didn't do the, the defense any favors in the first half. They were playing against short fields a lot in the first half. But I think that the one thing that we can take away from this game is that regardless of of who that they're really, really good at finding diamonds in the rough in the secondary. Like, like Jamari Connor had a good game. You look at it, Khalif Halasi had an inter- had a really nice interception yeah. in this set up, game. Set up a touchdown on a that. Guy that guy. Yeah, liked up the touchdown. And and a guy who 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 they've the coaching staff has locked, liked a lot this camp, Echo Boy Doe, he has some nice plays. And so I think that for as much as maybe the skying department might might catch some heat in some other areas, when it comes to finding productive 
NFL quality defensive backs. Like they like the Chiefs have that in spades, I feel like. And so with Legarius Sneed's injury, yeah, it's 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 it sucks not having Sneed. Sneed's awesome. I love Sneed. But if we, if we want to talk young depth, it's there's not probably not an area on the team that has more young depth on it than the defensive backs. I mean, so yeah. You do have bodies, capable bodies, I feel like, that can step up, you know, given the situation. Yeah, and Sneed's heading into the final year of his contract. And, you know, w- with the youth back there and the depth they have, I- I'm tending to kind of think that maybe there's a reality where Legarius Sneed's out of Kansas City Chief next year. Um, we we saw them let Charvarius Ward move on. And, and, and they've got so much depth and talent back there, I, I kind of struggle to – to, you know, assume that the Chiefs are going to give out a, a big time, like top market cornerback contract to Legarius Steve when they've got so much young talent back there. But sticking on the defensive side of the ball, I also we have to mention Danny Shelton, who also managed to get himself a sack. And Danny Shelton is an interesting player where, you know, they bring him in late in uh, training camp last season, and he winds up just kind of sticking around the team on the practice squad all year, but not really getting any game action. And then this year in training camp, we've heard a lot about how Shelton is a little bit slimmer. He's still a very big boy, but he looks like he's in better shape. He's moving better, and the Chiefs seem really happy with him. So I think it's safe to say that, like, Danny Shelton's got a real chance of possibly making this team. And until they get this thing figured out with Chris Jones, we've got a lot of question marks on the interior of that defensive line. So if they can actually get something out of Danny Shelton, that would be really interesting. He looked good on on that sack that he was able to come up with during uh, this game on Sunday. I tell you what, you know, it's like you went from being hungry Maui to, to, to skinny Maui, you know, and, uh, Skinny Maui was moving around okay out there on the field today, you know, um, getting that sack and coming off the snap. He, uh, he he does look like he has a little bit more of a pep in his step. Now you're never really going to call Danny Shelton, you know, fleet of foot by any means, but he he definitely seemed to be to be moving a little bit better, you know, coming out coming out of his stance and coming off off the snap today. Um, and it's something that the, that the Chiefs are going to need. Not even if Chris Jones is back, you need Danny Shelton, you know, in run defense. You need him as a as a space eater. You need him, you know, to to eat up blocks and to open up lanes for other pass rushers. And so, I mean, best case scenario for the Chiefs is that Danny Shelton is on the fifty three man roster and he's playing meaningful snaps. Just because, aside from from Keandre Coburn, you don't really have that other like massive bodied individual there in the middle of the defensive line for your rotation. Yeah. And we like Tershawn Wharton and he's coming back from the season ending ACL injury. He's been practicing and you know, the chiefs really like Tershawn Wharton and what he brings to the table. But the problem is like, we kind of know what Tershawn Wharton is at this point, the same way we know what Derek Nadi is and Keandre Coburn is maybe the wild card there, but he was a late round draft pick that the Chiefs are hoping can turn into a contributor at some point. But this defense goes with Chris Jones. So the the biggest thing is them getting Chris Jones back there because we know he is the most important player in that on that Chiefs defense. And it's not really that close. So we'll we'll know more once they figure things out. But we've talked about the defense a ton. Let's move to the offensive side of the ball. We mentioned starters. Not much to take away from them. Uh, they only got the one series with Mahomes and Kelsey in the starting offensive line. And then Blaine Gabbert comes in. 
And they still started off kind of slow, but Gabbert was able to put it together eventually and connected with Richie James on a nice deep ball down the field. And then uh, a few plays later finds James in the end zone. And it was really, I, I think highlights the chief's depth at the wide receiver position. We've talked about that all off season. And, you know, there's so many question marks in the wide receiver room, but they did a really good job this off season of just saying, we're just going to load up on bodies and figure it out. And somebody's going to come up. So Richie James playing that late into the second quarter, even though we think James could have a big role on this team. We already know he's going to return punts and he's going to be active as a wide receiver here and there, but he's, he's not going to beat out sky Moore or, or MVS or any of those guys, but him playing this late into a, a preseason game preseason game, number one, and finding a way to contribute. I, I think just again, highlights the chief's depth at the wide receiver position. Well, yeah. And I tell you what, you're, you're showing those highlights there. Um, if if that's if that second uh, clip we're showing there, if that passes on time and it's it's and it leads them out a little bit, R- Richie James very well could have had two touchdowns instead of just instead of just one. Like he was getting separation all day long against that Saints secondary. That's not a slouch secondary. Like they're a good. The Saints have a good defense, and Richie James was torching them. Um, and to see him take his his one punt for thirty one yards, like today is a. Is a good day for the Richie James truth truthers out there who uh, who have been sent the spent the offseason saying that oh you know Richie James that's the secret acquisition that's going to set this offense off you know you've seen him out there you know on Twitter and today Richie James looked the part like he looked the part of a guy who could give you 600 yards in a season and five touchdowns you know he he looked the part of a guy who could play meaningful snaps deep and in, deep into the year for this offense. Yeah, like Richie James has always been a talented player. Like he he is a, a player who could wind up having a role in this offense, but uh, special teams wise, I think is where he's going to have his biggest contribution this season. And you know, we saw the Chiefs starters. It was MBS, it was Sky Moore, and it was Justin Watson. Now, you hope that Richie Rice and, and Justin Ross and Richie James can find a way to get on the field and maybe push Justin Watson down a little bit on the depth chart. But we know Justin Watson's a lock for this team. Andy Reid has talked about how important they think Justin Watson is to this offense and how much they love him as a player and a locker room guy. And he's going to have a significant role at least to start the year while these guys try to prove that they belong on the field more. And that could be frustrating for uh, some Chiefs fans to start the season because I think we're going to see a lot of Justin Watson early on. Oh, my God, get ready for it, Chiefs fans. You're going to be very, very frustrated. Justin Watson is going to be the new offensive Dan Sorensen. Like, there's <laughs> going to be a lot of guys that you want to see on the field instead of Justin Watson, and he's going to get meaningful snaps, and then he's going to make a handful of plays that are very important that are that contribute to the Chiefs' success. But at the same time, the possibility of what if that's sitting behind him is going to drive you insane. Like, he's going to get enough snaps that it's going to make you angry, and he's going to do enough things that it's going to make sense, right? You know, and so yeah. you're just going to be a little frustrated about it all year long. And I, I mean, that might be frustrating to start the year out, but like we know what MVS is like, and, and maybe the Chiefs do feel like they can get a little bit more out of MVS second year in the offense, and he's the you know main veteran of that locker room right now and of that position group. But like Sky Moore is the biggest thing to highlight here, and his role has been pretty well established so far in training camp. Like Sky Moore is a starting wide receiver for this team, and he's going to be counted on to have a a much bigger role in his second year. And 
I'm really excited for Skymore. I think I still, I never sold my stock in Skymore. I think he is a really talented player who's going to find a way to have a huge role this season for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then we'll, we'll talk about Rishi Rice and Justin Ross. Hopefully they, they find a way to get on the field because I know we're so excited about that. And I thought both of those guys looked really good today for the Chiefs. Justin Ross obviously catches a touchdown. And had a, had another nice catch. Uh, I think it was a 14-yard gain to go along with the touchdown. And then Rasheed Rice is big and powerful. But, man, when he gets the ball, and they, they deployed Rasheed Rice a couple of times uh, in the screen game, he shows some juice when he gets the ball in his hands and he takes off. He He's an exciting player. I, I'm starting to get in on, on Rasheed Rice after I was a little skeptical before. I tell you what, I – I, I've always liked Rasheed Rice. I liked him in the uh, in, in the scouting process. I always thought that he was a guy who could win contested catches for everything he lacks as far as some of the like explosiveness and athleticism. He's a guy who's who's stronger than he looks. Like that's one of the things that people always say about Jamar Chase is that he's stronger than he looks, and that's why he gets the outside separation that he does on the sideline. Rasheed Rice isn't the fastest guy. He isn't even the tallest guy. He can't jump the highest, but he's a lot stronger than he looks. He has strong hands. And because of that, he's hard to break down. He's hard to beat in a one-on-one contested catch situation. Um, but you're absolutely right. Sky Moore needs to be the best receiver on this team. They invested a second round draft pick in him last year. He's in his second season in this, in this offense. If, if, if we go through the year and MVS is, is the best wide receiver that we have, then that's an issue for Sky Moore because Sky Moore has all the talent in the world. He has one of the best release packages they said in, in the entire draft last year. You know, so this this is Sky Moore's moment to seize, right? Like he's got to step up and, and prove that he was worth the draft pick and that he is as good as all the reports have been in camp this year. Uh, that being said, if he doesn't step up, there is plenty of targets, like you said, like Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross, guys who are who are producing nipping at his heels and it goes all the way down the jet depth chart. Honestly, like guys who you, who were an afterthought heading in today had really good days. Cornell Powell had a nice day today. We'd be remiss if we did not mention Nico Remigio's day today, Steven yeah. Serta, the guy had, had he's been raved about all training camp too. 71 yards. Like contributing player, but he's good. No. Yeah, he's good. And in the catches he made, he wasn't just catching it with like, you know, over the middle with on a soft zone with 10 yards of separation. Like he was making contested catches on the sideline. He was bringing down balls. And I mean, Nico Remigio is not going to go away without a fight. Is he going to make this team? Most likely not. But I was listening to the radio broadcast for part of the game. And Mitch Holtis openly was wondering to Danny Hughes, are the Chiefs keeping seven wide receivers? Can the Chiefs afford not to keep seven wide receivers? At, you know, Prior to today, yeah. I would say there's no way the Chiefs keep seven wide receivers. But maybe, maybe they keep seven wide receivers. It's yeah, and we've been me and Pete have been talking about it on our daily training camp reports on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We've been talking about it all throughout training camp. Like I, I think all of these guys have shown enough that you have to just keep all of them. Like they're just going to keep seven wide receivers because if you let if you cut any of those guys and try to wait and bring them back to the practice squad somebody's going to swoop in and grab one of those players. Like, I, I just think they've all shown too much promise 
for the Chiefs to cut any of them or, or to hope that they can find a way on onto their practice squad if they if they release one of those guys. And it's going to be and I get asked a lot of fantasy questions about the Chiefs. And my answer all offseason has been Sky Moore is the guy that I would want outside of Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes in this offense. But I, I think it's going to be very similar to last season where. They just got a lot of guys who ca- who catch a lot of passes and have yards and touchdowns, and it's just going to be so spread out that it's really it's really Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are the people that you want in this offense, and then everybody else is going to kind of be uh, up and down. But Sky Moore is the one that I would bank on the most to to have the biggest role and expanded role and find a way to to improve and really be a, a top contributor in the Chiefs' offense this season. Oh, 100%. I think Sky Moore, going into it, he is the guy. But I probably wouldn't want Sky Moore in fancy this year, to be honest. Like, if, if I'm choosing a Chiefs pass catcher, I'm going with, with Travis Kelsey. And if I can get Sky Moore on a waiver wire as, like, a, a, a spot start, then sure. But, like, I, I'm not drafting I'm not drafting any other Chiefs wide receiver besides Travis Kelsey. Uh, but the Chiefs are going to have some tough, tough decisions as we move towards the 53-man roster cutdowns because you can't keep everybody who you want to keep well we got five tight ends who are in the mix we got four running backs that we think are going to make the team we think the Chiefs are going to keep seven wide receivers what do you do at quarterback because you you have the emergency quarterback you know roster spot but I mean I mean I don't want to say it but I mean Shane Buchelle outplayed Blaine Gabbert you know, just Gabbert the, looked he, fine too. Gabbert looked <laughs> fine. He looked fine, but Shane Buchel outplayed him, and Shane Buchel's been in the system longer. And Blaine Gabbert's only making like what eight hundred fifty thousand dollars this year. It's not like they can't afford to get rid of him, and it's not like Shane Buchel's a first a first year player. Yeah. I don't want to say there's a backup quarterback con- controversy in Kansas City because you never want to utter those words, but I don't think that it's as inked in stone as we think it is that Blaine Gabbert is a de facto backup. If Shane Buchel keeps on coming out and performing like this every single week, like you I can't t- deny it. <laughs> I totally disagree with you. <laughs> Blaine you Gabbert can. is the backup quarterback. I don't think he there's is. Really, I think in, in all reality, I think what's going to happen is Shane Buchel, at least initially is probably just going to get cut. And then they'll, and then the chiefs will just revert into the practice squad. And do you think he'll and, make it? Yeah, I, I think he will. I, the Chiefs have played this game with Shane Bouchelle before. I don't think there's a lot of teams around the league that are going to swoop in and, and grab and steal Shane Bouchelle from them. And if if they do, it happens. Like that, that's the name of the game in the NFL. But Blaine Gabbard is the backup quarterback. Shane Bouchelle is not most likely. Him. Most likely he is. But I'm saying you, the conversation isn't over. Yeah, and, and Shane Bouchelle, I he he deserves some recognition. He is a, a preseason legend. Like we see this dude look awesome in the preseason every single year, but the Chiefs just continually bring in a veteran backup. They just like those seasoned veterans who can come in and spot start. At some point, if you're in the Chiefs offense every single year, you are now the veteran. It's not like he's a first year player. What is his third season? Yeah, when does he qualify as a vet, Stephen? He's when just, is he a veteran? Not, he hasn't seen a lot of real NFL action as where Blaine Gabbard has. Blaine Gabbard started a lot of games in the NFL. Chad Henney had started a lot of games in the NFL. A lot of games is relative also. And how many years has it been since he started a lot of <laughs> games in the NFL? It's been longer than since Shane Bouchelle was in the NFL. 
You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I mean, he I mean, played it's, for it's, Jacksonville, it's, right? At one point, Blaine Gabbert, and then Tampa, and then I think he was with San Francisco at a time. I don't think he ever like played actually like played a game for San Francisco though. Yeah, he didn't play in Tampa. You know what I mean? And so I'm just saying, it's been a while since Gabbert has started a game. Shane Bouchel isn't a first year player. He's a preseason legend. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just saying game on, man. That's all I'm saying. Uh, it's yeah. And it's, Hey, I, I am here for the backup quarterback battle, but I think Blaine Gabbard is locked in. I don't, I don't think Shane Bouchel is stealing that job from him, but before we get out of here, I meant to bring him up when we were talking about the defense and it, it slipped my mind. So I, I think before we leave, I, I got to bring this up. And I want to remind you guys, too, if you're listening to us on the podcast network, make sure you stick around after the break. I'll have all the postgame press conferences for you from the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I want to talk about Felix. Felix looks good in preseason game number one. And we we're talking about this pass rush and you know, them not necessarily generating a ton of pressure, at least with the first team and, and Spags really dialing up the blitz blitzes later in the game. Felix looked good. And I know everybody over at Arrowhead Pride who has done uh, a ton of great work and, and looking at these guys. I know Felix is a guy that, especially our guy Ron Kopp has talked about, like he might have the most versatile pass rush skill set on the team if the Chiefs can develop him and feel confident that he can find a way onto the field this season. And then you know, you're not going to have Charles Amenahu for the first six games. So I think that's going to be good for Felix. I think he's going to be able to find find his way onto the team there. Mike Dana is a guy that they really, really like. But Felix, in the snaps that he got today, like he was impressive and, and showed you why the Chiefs decided to pick him in the first round of the NFL draft. Oh, 100%. And, I mean, there was a video that was making the rounds on social media this week of uh, Wanya Morris kind of, having a really good rep against Felix. And there's been a couple of other reports where, you know, Felix hasn't necessarily broken through with the first team or been able to get on the field with the first team. And some of the coaches' comments are being, are that he's learning and he's coming along. And so maybe there's some whispers of, you know, is he not ready or anything like that. But on on my five, five Players to Watch This Week article over on the website, I said FAU was a guy to watch. And I also said in the great words of Allen Iverson, all the worry about FAU. Man, we're talking about practice. Practice? Practice? Man, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice, y'all. And I said, watch him in the game, see what he does, and make up your opinion based on that. Boy stepped up today. Boy, he, he, ste- he stepped up. He played hard. He, he looked good. He looked, he, looked, he looked good off the snap. Like you said, he, had a, he probably had the, the most pass rush moves of any of the rushers out there. He looked he looked like he was a first-round draft pick pass rusher today. And I'll tell you who he looked a lot better than was uh, old Foskey across the way, the old Isaiah Foskey that the uh, Saints took. I, there, was some, there was some question, you know, early on in the draft process if he was going to be a first-round draft pick and whether or not the Chiefs should take him. Well, the Chiefs took the right guy today. FAU looked heads and tails better. He looked He looked awesome. And I think it's really encouraging, and I'm I'm excited to watch him continue to develop. Because I think with him and Carlotta, you got a great, great young pass rush duo right there. Yeah, and, and that's really interesting. And we didn't see that much of George on Sunday, but you know you expect George to take another step in year number two. And he he's been a playmaker so far in training camp, and we've heard a lot of good things and, and positive things about George. So we'll get better looks at him. But I I think if 
if you were going to go back and watch the game and pay attention to any single Chiefs player, I think Felix is, is a guy you should really consider doing that because he had some really nice reps on Sunday uh, against the New Orleans Saints. And again, the Chiefs lose 26-24 on a game-ending field goal after a terrible interception, but it's preseason. We don't need to read that much into it. It's okay. They lost preseason game number one. They don't have the insane streak like the Ravens who haven't lost a preseason game since 2015 or something like that. None of this matters. All that matters is that we're seeing these guys get reps and we're trying to see how the roster is going to shape out and the way these guys are going to find ways to contribute in the upcoming season for the Chiefs. 100%. And if this was a regular season game that Chiefs fall down 17-0, to don't worry, second half you got Patrick Mahomes. Right. Like, like, like if this was a real game, like, like Mahomes is one drive. It, it, I mean, every other drive he's scoring a touchdown and the Chiefs win this game by, by two scores. So if you're worried at all, Chiefs Kingdom, it's preseason. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Yeah, we're fine. Still uh, still a long way to go. We still got a long way before the Chiefs even even take the field for a regular season game. So there, there's a lot of decisions to be made, a, a lot of things uh, still to figure out, and uh, a lot of questions that we're going to have answered hopefully here in the next couple of weeks. The Chiefs will be back on the practice field in St. Joe on Tuesday. They are off tomorrow, so... Uh, no Chiefs training camp report, but we will be back on Tuesday with the Chiefs training camp report, and we'll have plenty of coverage for you over at the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network as well as arrowheadpride.com. And preseason game number two, me, Rocky Kramer, will be back next Saturday night as they take on the Arizona Cardinals. It's a late one, Saturday prime time for the Kansas City Chiefs in preseason game number two, and we should get a much longer look at the starters. So we're all very excited about that, and we will talk to you guys then. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. After the Chiefs' preseason loss to the New Orleans Saints, we heard from head coach Andy Reid and backup quarterback Shane Bouchel. All right, as far as uh, injuries go, Nick Jones uh, fractured a couple fingers there, so um, we'll just see how he does. And then uh, Witherspoon uh, hurt his toe, a uh, big toe, so we've got to see how that also goes when we get back. Um, listen, all in all, uh, it was good to get a game in. Uh, the ones we got to pick up the the tempo there, both sides of the ball, uh, not good enough. Um, so we got some things to work on there. It was good to get the young guys in. I thought they actually played pretty good. Um, the twos and the threes, uh, some good things from really all the different positions. Uh, being able to come back um, after being left uh, a deficit and bringing ourselves back in the game, then you just can't finish. You, know, you can't finish with a with a mistake. I mean, that's it's a terrible way to end the thing. And so, uh, but listen, it looks like the Saints have a good football team. Uh, we've got to make sure we get our stuff taken care of. That time's yours. Hey, and you talked about uh, some of the rookies, Justin Ross. Your first impression of him? Yeah, you know, before I comment, I, w- I want to take a look at the the tape. But mm-hmm. I, you know, in general, I thought they uh, the guys did a. A decent job in there. I know he had he had the touchdown, and that was that was a good play that play. But I'm, I'm, as a whole, I've got to see all the work that he did. I guess for him too, just not playing in almost two years. Like good for him just getting. Yeah, no, that's the that's a good part of the story, and he came out healthy, right? So that's a that's a positive thing. 
Patrick seemed to get some guys fired up on the sideline too. I guess did you notice that and trying to do that? Yeah, yeah. You know, some of the guys we just we, we were a little flat at the beginning. You can't do that, and uh, you know you go you come to work. You got to come to work, ready to go. With with the uh, fourth and one sneak, I guess what did you see on that play? What? Yeah, after looking at it on the the replay part, we probably should have gone to the left, not the right, and uh, they ended up pinching on that side, the, the left side, and I think we probably could have gone gone that direction. We're trying to get where we can do that, and um, you know, see, we you can't work on that during camp uh, live. I mean, uh, so you you get good work on it here, and and uh, it didn't work, you know. So I mean, that's that was the bottom line. We got to go back to the drawing board on it. Talk about Richie James. He looks comfortable in this offense. Um, and yeah. Out here tonight. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I've got to look at the whole work, but um, he had a beautiful catch there, uh, a couple of them. And so that's a good job by him. Um, he, he's a good football player. I mean, we know that. So it's, uh, and he's got a good feel for things. Anything else? Uh, I know you got to watch the film, but both Felix and Rasheed got in there early. Just uh, what did you see from them? Just early reps. Yeah, um, that you know that that's so valuable for them. Uh, they're two guys that uh, need that the, the speed of this live, the whole deal, and then not just a handful of reps, but putting a number of series together there. And so, I think that was good for both of them. And again, I've got to evaluate it off of the the tape that we look at. I mean, there are going to be some corrections, but I thought for the most part they held their own and, and did a decent job there. But, I'll take a peek at that. And you mentioned Nick Jones. I know it's really early, but do you have any idea on the severity of that? Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't. I'll, I'll know more here in the next day or so. But uh, we know it is, it's broken. Now, some of those you can just cast up. Other ones you have to have surgery on. But we'll see see where that goes. The touchdown by Shane, I know you said you're going to take, but it was a pretty impressive throw by him. Yeah, well, it was a good escape. Yeah, that escape was good. And then the throw was good and the catch was good. So all around, that was a pretty good play. Um, I'm glad he had a chance to get one in the end zone there. Hello, hello. Yeah, Shane, you walk us through that touchdown pass you had there. Um, the last one? Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, just a little, a little scramble drill, and the guys did a good job of working for me. Um, just playing football, man. Just playing football, and I have a good example in front of me uh, where I get to watch him make plays. And so Koa Crawford made a great play on that. On that catch and just playing football. Uh, Justin hadn't played in so long. Justin Ross. Yeah. And you're able to get him one. I guess what did that mean for him? What did it mean for you? Yeah, that was awesome. Um, just seeing the smile on his face after he caught that ball was was the best part. Um, he did a great job of running the route and just executing the play, and I, I was happy for him. It was awesome. Uh, Patrick seemed pretty fired up on the sideline. I guess what was his message to you guys after you maybe a slow start? Yeah, you know, coming out of that second half, it was just. The message was energy. Um, we needed to have better energy on the sideline and on the field, and we were able to put together a couple drives where we were able to score, and it was kind of cool. It's always fun having those guys be pumped up and, and having energy on the sideline. So that was, that was the message going out in the second half. Is that the message he delivered to you guys in there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, from him and Coach Reed, just have energy and go out and try to win a ball game. I guess what does that mean to you when you see him jumping around the sideline, you know? Just bumping people, things like yeah, that. Yeah, no, like I said, um, just having those guys, those vets, um, when they're happy for you and jumping around, like like you said, it's it's always fun seeing them on the sideline and, and having fun, and then just us on the field 
when they're happy for us, man, it, it makes it easy for us to be happy for them, for sure. I just wonder, in general, the second and third units, Andy said he was pretty happy with them. What did you see from you know, the guys after the starters? Yeah, um, just kind of alluding to that last question, there was a lot of energy, um, and they, they did a really good job of just playing with energy, playing within the system, and, you know, that's some of us, that's the only time we get to go out there and play, and so thankfully... Um, we always preach, just do your job. You don't have to do anything different, anything extra. Just do your job, play within the system, and um, put together a couple really good drives where we are able to go down and score. So it was fun, a lot of fun. Got one. Yeah, Shane, did you, I don't know if you spoke about this already, but the touchdown to Justin, what, what, you said you guys were pretty locked in with each other on that. Can you just take us through the play, and how happy were you for him to have that breakthrough for himself? Yeah, we were talking about it. Um, he did a great job of executing and, and both of us being on the same page, but it was the reaction after that um, we were all happy about seeing the smile on his face, um, seeing all the hard work that he's put in from all of his injuries and just, I mean, tough times for him. So for him to be out on the field, um, trusting his ability and then just executing on the play, it was, it was awesome. It was good to see.